0: You're listening to Aesthetically Speaking. On this podcast, we're talking about all things branding, logos, colors, fonts, and the strategy behind it all. It seems like these days it's easier than ever to build an audience, but harder than ever to stand out online. My name's Rebecca, and I'm a brand strategist and designer. I'm here with my sister, Abby, a lawyer who needs a creative outlet. Together, we're gonna talk about how to bring your brand to life.
1: All right, welcome back. Okay.
0: Yay. I'm like, I'm literally so giddy to show you this brand. It's been a while since I had a brand this good. I was like designing it over here on my computer and I kept calling out to Cobb. I'm like, I should not be doing this for free. This is way too good.
1: (laughs) Well, if you can't tell, today we are doing a branding challenge.
0: Yes. I feel like it's been a while
1: since we've done one. Maybe that's why I'm like excited to get the creative. Rebecca's back into her groove, you know, not just giving advice, but actually executing a new brand design. (laughs) The other thing I wanted to say is we are still doing our siblings. Yes. I know what you're thinking. Aren't you done with your siblings? How many do you have? The answer is no. Nope. There's still more. And because we did Cobb, unfortunately, that has led to an arms race. Now the in-laws want to be involved. Mm -hmm. So we'll be doing it for a while. If there's someone else you think we should brand, leave us a comment and we will take it under advisement.
0: Yes, please. I would actually love some suggestions. So... When we finish with siblings and in-laws, we can move on to the next group of people.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. So, okay, how should we start? Should I should I explain who the branding challenge is for? Who's the client? Yeah, do we want
0: to talk about the branding challenge first or do we want to talk about what's going on in the world of design? this week. In the world of
1: design, I think we should keep him in suspense. So we're not going to tell you who the branding challenge is for just yet because breaking news in the sibling group's text, (laughs) there's a dispute already about Instagram threads.
0: It's really a bummer because I already signed up for the app. I've already posted probably 10 times today and I really like it. And (laughs) Jonathan said something along the lines of like, have you read the terms of service for threads it's worse than tiktok blah 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 and i immediately messaged abby and said like don't read
1: it don't ruin this for me <laughs> <laughs> so luckily for rebecca i have been buried under a rock since threads came out i am moving so my house is full of boxes and i'm finishing up a job so every waking moment i spend thinking about the law mm-hmm. so needless to say i have no clue what you're talking about most of the time my impression is that threads is a new text only somehow related it's it's text only so it reminds me of Twitter, but also mm-hmm. it's connected somehow to Instagram. And I say Instagram specifically, like no, it's not just like a meta conglomerate empire company. It seems somehow tied directly to Instagram.
0: Yeah, it's super interesting because if you look at it in isolation, it's just Twitter, right? Like okay. it's just text posts that you can reply to, you can retweet, you can quote tweet. I don't know what you call it when it's not Twitter, but you know what I mean. Right. But the interesting thing is that it's connected to your Instagram account. And this was actually, I like, I'm obsessed with the app, not because I think it's like the most brilliant idea, but because I think it has been executed so well. Because they released it about 24 hours ago. And I only really heard about it late last night. And I was like, sure, I'll bite, I'll try it. And so. I clicked on the button in my Instagram app that was like, create a Threads account. It immediately populated with all of my Instagram information. I could choose to follow all of the people that I already follow on Instagram Mm -hmm. or not. And then it was there and I could start posting. The whole thing was so seamless and so beautiful, frankly. Like, I really, really like the branding of it.
1: So what does the interface look like?
0: Okay, so it's very similar to... Twitter in terms of like, you can see multiple posts in a row. You scroll down or up, depending on how you define that, to see more posts. And then if you want to see the thread or the reply, you click into a post and it will show you all of the replies. The app icon is a black icon and it's the app symbol, but the A goes around and weaves through itself like a thread.
1: Ooh. It's so
0: good. It's so, so good. That's-
1: that actually is really interesting to me. So a lot of the a lot of the functionality of Twitter that we now kind of take for granted mm-hmm. was not necessarily something that their developers came up with, right? Like in right. the olden days, in like 2012, when I first got a mm-hmm. Twitter account, people were using the app symbol to signify somebody else's Twitter handle, but it wasn't actually, it right. didn't actually link to it, right? It was just like an internal thing people would do. Right. And the same thing with hashtags, like users Mm -hmm. started doing that to keep track of topics. And then Twitter built a functionality around an existing principle. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to me that that's what threads use as their logo, because it is like almost proprietary to Twitter, but it also is like, Mm -hmm. it belongs to the users of Twitter, Mm -hmm. not Twitter itself.
0: Interesting. Right. Well, and the other thing is back in the day, Twitter, when you would reply to someone's tweet it wouldn't automatically connect those with a little thread line, right? Whatever you want to call that. So like, I remember if you would reply to Caitlin, I would have to click on your tweet and then go to her profile and see what she tweeted in order to see what you were replying to. And there there were some fun things that you could do because of that. But ultimately it wasn't a great communication app. It was really just like, here's a bunch of individual thoughts. And I think what Threads is doing or trying to do is create conversations.
1: And so that's like
0: their whole thing.
1: I also wanted to say back, even if we want to go even further back, mm-hmm. I don't know how, I don't know how much Twitter conceived of itself to be a website initially or a platform. Right. Because it's analog Twitter, which I initially started using, you would tweet you would, on your phone. Yes. You would text 4404. You would text 4404 mm-hmm. and then it would like, they would store it somewhere, but it, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it wasn't just like a whole stream of thoughts coming in all at once, right? So yeah, I it was. Being it was at my job like- as like a bank teller and being <laughs> like, "Oh, that's a really funny tweet," and texting RT. Yeah, and again, that would that would technically repost it, but it was mm-hmm. almost as if I was copying and pasting the language,
0: right? Yeah, it was very very analog. It was less about you seeing what other people posted like your experience was mostly you just sharing.
1: Yeah, you just word vomiting into the void. Yeah. Which might be healthier than the way people use Twitter now, which is just just like pick fights with strangers. Right. And well and,
0: and that's spread what information right. <laughs> and having a million like bots and fake accounts and spammers and all those kinds of things. One thing that yeah. I've seen a lot of on threads and it'll be interesting to see when this episode comes out it will have been out for a little bit longer but in the first day, right it has been really positive everyone's like this is so awesome let's keep it real like nobody sell anything to anybody else like let's just be human yeah you know and I think it's it's natural anytime you have a free audience to use that as marketing but it definitely feels more of like a positive culture right now than Twitter is. And it also yeah. just feels like engagement is crazy right now. Like people will be like, what do you like better iced coffee or hot coffee? And they'll get like 30 replies. Whereas if you would post that same question on Instagram, you might not get anything. So it's yeah. just interesting how the culture of an app can change. Right. You know, and Instagram, and I think one of the reasons that they cr- like maybe created it, like I know anything, but here's my speculation. I think, I People want to create communities and conversations on Instagram. And they've tried, you know, you can reply to comments and it will show it slightly differently. But yeah, it it doesn't really work that way. And I think this works a lot better.
1: My other question is, I mean, whoever's whoever's in charge of this, Meta, Mark Zuckerberg. Mark <laughs> Zuckerberg, fat Zuck. Zuck. But like what has taken you so long? Like, there's nothing, there's nothing novel about this. Twitter's been around forever. Mm -hmm. And there's been a long, there has been a longstanding and, you Mm -hmm. know, time-honored tradition of a dispute between Facebook and Twitter. Mm -hmm. Zuck has wanted to buy Twitter forever. And Jack was like, no. And then it was Twitter was like, Twitter and Snapchat were the last bulwark who weren't keeling over and selling to Facebook. So what is it about Twitter today in 2023 that they're like, oh, we could replicate that and make it prettier, better, more fun.
0: Yeah. I don't know because the concept is simple. I mean, I know generally the larger your organization is, the slower change happens, right? So Facebook yeah. is this mega company at this point. And I think in order for them to decide to launch an entirely new platform, it has to go through so much bureaucracy and red tape. But yeah, I kind of I feel like, really?
1: Right. Taking you forever to do this? And I do think there's something to be said about just having like a blank slate. Mm-hmm. So I I felt like this when Be Real launched because mm-hmm. my my ideal social media is ten plus I would say max one hundred people that I actually know in real life
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that I feel comfortable sharing like authentic real time thoughts mm-hmm. with. Yeah. So I I love 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 loved like twenty sixteen Twitter. Mm -hmm. It was so fun. It was like a great place to talk and to stalk people and to like connect or follow smart thought leaders in their industry, blah, 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 blah. But everything gets diluted. Like Mm -hmm. when it got to the point where I was tweeting about being sick and then NyQuil was tweeting at me, I was like, we've gone too far. (laughs) And the same thing, I feel like I'm sure we've beat this to death about Instagram, but it's Mm -hmm. like, there's so much selling going on on Instagram directly from companies and intermediately through their white women, uh, you know, representatives, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that it's really hard to feel like it is social anymore. And so when Be Real came out, it was like, oh, not everybody's on it yet. So I can just have a funny conversation with my college roommates in the comments. And it's like not a big deal. Right.
0: There is, okay, sorry, I had to look this up. Because I think it is really tricky, even if they created this functionality right? Like the actual hosting, just text and replies or whatever on Instagram. I don't think it would have the same effect. I think sometimes you have to like do something completely separate, new branding, new design, new everything. And there's this book called Shikaki. I'm not saying it right. I'm sorry, but it's the Japanese art of shaping behavior through design.
1: Interesting.
0: as a designer, I really think that all of these things come back to the way that things are designed. And so like okay. I was saying, when Instagram doesn't make it really easy for you to view all of the comments on a specific post, right, that sends a message to our brains that what's really important is not the dialogue or the conversation, but just creating constant videos. Yeah. Whereas this new app, the design, even like there's more white space. Like interesting, it takes you longer to scroll to the next thing. You have to click into something and it will show you all of the replies, right? Like Mm. that tells my brain to pause, to think about it, to have some insights, to take time to reply. And I just think it's so hard to do that when you already have the culture of a specific platform. One of the examples from this book is they wanted people to take the stairs in Japan over the elevator as a health initiative. And this seems so obvious because you've probably seen it, but it started with this idea of painting the stairs as if they were piano keys. Mm. And as soon as they did that, people started taking the stairs more because they were creating an experience through the design.
1: They were like, oh, it will be fun.
0: Right, right. And you'll see lots of things like that. But the idea is that we can actually change behavior just based on what something looks like visually. And that, I just think that's really cool.
1: That is interesting. There was a part I don't remember I read I read a book called No Filter, which was about the mm-hmm. development and the history of Instagram.
0: Yes, I remember you telling me about this,
1: which I actually thought if you're interested at all in like big tech culture, mm-hmm. the internet, um, and a lot of interesting legal issues too, I recommend it. And then I also read a book that I've recommended before called The Age of Surveillance Capitalism. In that book, they talked about nudges and how the constant feed of data into the big tech mm-hmm. ecosystem, really what it is, is they're getting more information about how people, what they want to buy, how they mm-hmm. buy things, who they trust. And then that eventually turns into behavior modification that they can send you a nudge. And if they send you a notification that's red, they know you'll click it sooner. hmm or if they if they recommend posts at a certain time of day when they know you're feeling vulnerable, you know, mm-hmm. just things like that. But I think that's true for design as well.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's scary how powerful it can be. Yeah. And this is like a side note, but like if people could actually use design more than just like making a bunch of crappy Canva templates, like you can actually do really cool stuff. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Well, I will continue to be uh, on the lookout for the terms and service of threads. Yes. We'll you update in the back. next podcast. We'll yeah, report, report back. back on
0: what you think. I think it's a really cool app. I hope it continues to be as positive as it is, but jury's out. We'll see. By the time we'll this see. comes out, it will probably have like crash and burn and we'll be like, oh, shoot.
1: <laughs> yeah, or like full of racist vitriol. and Seriously. Well, I think uh, on that happy note, I think yes. Let's transition to the branding challenge. Yes, let's do it. Okay, so this week we are doing a branding challenge for our brother, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan is in a unique position in our family. He's number four, right mm-hmm. after Rebecca.
0: Yep, he is the middle. Three Three kids older than him, three kids younger than him.
1: Yep, the exact middle of our family. Um, so I will tell you a little bit about Jonathan. Rebecca already knows this, but. Yes. For listener purposes, I will yeah. explain who he is. And Rebecca, feel free to correct me. So Jonathan professionally is an accountant. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a CPA and he works for like a big four mm-hmm. accounting firm. And he's been there for quite a while. So he mm-hmm. has some seniority. He works very hard. And some things about Jonathan, I think, are traditionally accountant. Like he's organized. Mm-hmm. He's particular. He he's is well-groomed.
0: super, super oriented
1: Yes, detail-oriented to mm. a fault. He is also the meme king of our family. <laughs> like if if in a group text, someone is like really cutting edge with the memes, it's Jonathan. Yep, um a meme for every occasion. He also, <laughs> I think, has more of a creative streak. Like he really loves music. Mm-hmm. He's very open to doing things that are silly or playful. I think he he is like the world's best uncle. He is great with kids.
0: Amazing with kids. Yeah, like, just like knows how gifted. to play, knows how to joke. I mean, maybe it's because he is very childish himself, childlike. <laughs> maybe I should perhaps. say perhaps. But just like knows how to have fun with them. Like my kids are always, always wanting to play with him. I'm like, congratulations, you have earned the favorite uncle spot.
1: Yeah. And he is very, he's very connection oriented. So like mm-hmm. we both live out of state, but he sometimes will have trainings. So he'll go visit Rebecca or he's mm-hmm. come down just like on his way to visit California or to visit other friends. And so he's come and stayed with us quite a bit. So I think of the siblings, I think my husband knows him the, me- the best just because mm-hmm. he's been around the most.
0: Yeah, he's the he's definitely maybe not the best, but one of the best. Cause I'm like, well, Abby calls me multiple times a week, but Jonathan calls me more often than anybody else. Yeah, Like he's one of those people who's really good at like, Checking up on you, sharing something with you, sending something your way. Like he's he's very thoughtful
1: in that way. Yeah, I would agree. He's thoughtful and definitely a deep thinker. Yes. When he solves a problem, he doesn't just want like a make it go away solution. Like he mm-hmm. really wants to go through all the details. What's that called? Maximizer? Uh yes. He's a you maximizer. Not a satisficer and, and maximizers.
0: Yeah. Can I tell you some of, uh, well, I have two funny stories that I want to tell about
1: Jonathan. (laughs) Let me say the last, the last thing I was going to say is I think Jonathan, I think has a lot of grit.
0: Yes. We were saying this before we started recording, like he's super legit in his career and he works so much.
1: He works all the time, but also somehow like my, I was recently at my parents' house and all mm-hmm. of us were sitting upstairs like half napping, half talking. Mm-hmm. My kid was running around and Jonathan was down in the basement working. Mm-hmm. But every now and then we'd hit a hot topic and he'd like yell up from the basement <laughs> and be like, actually. <laughs> or like make a joke. And we were like, that oh my gosh, I forgot he was still here. Jonathan no, like, thing to do. Until like 9 p.m. he was, you know, he was like hanging out but also was actively working on something. Yes. He is the king of
0: multitasking. He is always like listening to something while working on something, while watching something. Like I do this too. I'm like, don't worry, I just have my five screens out while I get some work done. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So two stories that I want to share about Jonathan. Number one is from when we were little. And I was asking him, I was like, do you feel like this was this instance was indicative of your personality? Now you will remember this. This isn't a specific thing. This is just something that would happen in general. Jonathan wanted his hair combed, a shirt tucked into his pants with a belt. Yes, even when he was super little, like he wanted From page to... age be- two, basically, yes. yes, like wanted to be dressed a specific way. And I remember multiple times him crying, 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 and mom saying, "What's wrong?" And he would say, "My shirt came untucked."
1: Yes, yeah, <laughs> so that's that, very Jonathan. Yes,
0: that gives you one example of his personality. The other example. I'm going to go more into this in a second. But when I was talking to Jonathan about his brand, he was telling me about, about when he applied to his master's program at USC. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he had to do was make a video
1: about why I would make a great accounting student. Which, LOL, well, the person that has to review all of those for the oh, CPA program. Oh, my gosh. I mean, the right? master's in accounting, people are like, <laughs> numbers are my life. Right. I so, memorized all the digits of pi.
0: So he said, and this the way that he created this video, I think is a perfect example of his personality. So there were all of these things in the video. Basically, the video that Jonathan created as his application was like, I'm the perfect accountant because, and he had all of these kind of stereotypical things about accountants that were also true to him. The first thing that he said was, I'm the perfect accountant because my favorite flavor of ice cream is vanilla, (laughs) which is true. He loves vanilla ice cream. Yep. And he said that that apparently that was so memorable that the admissions person or whatever, they had like a meet and greet. And she came and talked to him and she was like, you're the guy that loves vanilla ice cream.
1: And oh like, my gosh, that's so
0: cute. Totally stood out to her. And I was like, Jonathan, that's brilliant branding, right? Like yeah. I'm the perfect accountant. And he even said something else. He was like, yeah. I'm good at math. And I'm kind of OCD. So I'm an accountant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is what's so interesting about Jonathan is that In a lot of ways he does meet that stereotypical accountant personality. But then he also Uh has he clearly has this creative, personable side to him. Right. Like, I want to make sure that we capture that in the brand.
1: If you will I had a quick question. Yeah, go
0: ahead. Ask your question.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say one last the very last tidbit about Jonathan is just to give you a visual sense, Mm -hmm. he is the tallest of our brothers. Yes. He's over six feet, but he also has just An impossible appetite.
0: Yes. He's one of those tall, skinny, bottomless pit for a stomach. Bottomless pit.
1: Like from the time he was eight, he could like eat a whole rack of ribs by himself and like Mm -hmm. go back for more. Yes. So scientists should probably study him. (laughs) Rebecca and I did not get that gene, unfortunately. No. I remember
0: going out to eat as a family, and my parents would make me order off the kids' menu. Even when I was until like you were 14. like fourteen, seriously. Yeah. And but they would let Jonathan order a full size entree and a side and a dessert because I'm like, well, we know Jonathan can finish it. I'm going like,
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my question, I feel like that's pretty good explaining some different aspects of Jonathan. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty good. I was going to ask. You mentioned a couple of things that he had said to you in describing, you know, the kind of brand he wanted or who he perceives himself to be. How do you structure these conversations either for the branding challenges or for your clients in general? Yes.
0: Okay, I'm super excited. This is what I wanted to talk through because I had a really good conversation with Jonathan that was pretty detailed in like what I was asking him and what we were talking about. Typically, when I have a client, we have a strategy session. And without making And this is it your count,
1: first like your first conversation with them?
0: Yeah, we typically have like a consultation call or a kickoff call. So we've chatted before. And I have a general idea, you know, of what we're trying to accomplish for their business. But the strategy yeah. session happens pretty much at the beginning of our work together. And this is really where we what I tell them is I want you to imagine that you came to my house and I wiped off the kitchen table and I'm just like, okay, let's figure out your brand. It's very much like a collaborative workshop kind of environment where I'm asking questions and sometimes my clients will say, I don't know, a- like ask me a different way. And I'll say, okay, how about think about it like this kind of thing. Okay. So And that's typically like a two-hour conversation. And it's pretty structured where I'm taking notes. I have specific questions that I'm asking, but I tell my clients, like, you just talk and I just kind of bounce around and fill things out. So I did something similar with Jonathan. It's honestly, it's kind of cheating to do a brand for your siblings because I know him so well that I'm like, I could probably make a brand for you without talking to you at all. But I wanted to make sure that what I was creating could potentially be useful to him And that what I don't want to do when I'm creating these brands, because even though it's kind of like a fun creative exercise for me, I don't want it to be poking fun at them, if that makes sense. Like I want it to be encouraging and respectful to them. So that's what I was trying to capture.
1: And useful, right? Like you're not not creating a meme about this is what your brand would
0: look like, you big dummy. Right. Well, and with this one, you know, sometimes I whip out really fast. This one took a long time because I had some special elements that I was creating and probably spent. Five or six hours on it. It's just on the design. Yeah, just on the design. Like it's a pretty intense process. So I would like that to be good and relevant and not just, oh, that's funny, but I never want to look at that again. You know, right. So when we started with Jonathan, I had a list of questions and they were super basic. They're a little bit more personality focused than what I would ask my clients. Mm -hmm. But I started with, tell me, you know, if we met on an elevator, what would you tell me about what you do? And so he said, you know, I'm a CPA, I'm a tax accountant. His professional title at work is senior tax consultant, and he works primarily with tech companies, venture capitalists, and private equity firms who invest in tech companies. Okay. And then because Jonathan um, is also fluent in Japanese, he also works with clients who are subsidiaries of Japanese corporations in the United States. So he kind of has this interesting niche that he's working Yeah. With. And it was actually really interesting because he was telling me, he's like, I don't provide legal advice, but taxes are part of our legal system. And so in some ways I do. Yeah. It's this interesting kind of gray area. He said that, and one of the things that I love to ask is like, what do people get wrong about what you do?
1: Because Mm -hmm. that gives
0: me some good insight into the things that are really important to get right. And so he was telling me the stereotype is that an accountant sits in their office with their 10 key and their pocket protector and doesn't talk to anyone all day and loves spreadsheets and charts. And I was, you're telling me that's not true?
1: I'm like, tell me, where's the lie, Jonathan? Yeah, I was, mm. I've seen you look at Excel late at night.
0: Right. So he was, he was saying that his work is much more people-oriented than mm. people maybe understand. And he was saying auditors... Are the stereotype is that they're glorified fact checkers, fact okay. checkers, and that tax accountants are glorified form filler outers. And he <laughs> said, like, to be fair, that is kind of true. <laughs> but his depth of knowledge in this field astounds me. Yeah. I love the tongue in cheekness of the stereotypes of accountants, but I also think that he has a lot of expertise that he's bringing that I wanted yeah. to kind of bring out. He mentioned that the, you know, Ben from Parks and Rec. Ben Wyatt, yeah. Yeah, like the accounting firm that's trying to hire him. Yes. He was like, that's very, very accurate. Yeah. I was
1: like, I okay, do I think can that's, see that that's probably the closest personality match to Jonathan, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not not to be like, oh, accountant, accountant, you're both accountants, the same. Sure. But Ben Wyatt actually doesn't do a whole lot of accounting most of the ways through the series. He actually right. is doing a lot more policy work, but he also has fun hobbies and is interesting yes. and has like a fun, you know, rapport with Leslie. So yes. I think that's all accurate to Jonathan, too.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I feel like I could go on forever, but like that's basically Jonathan. The other questions that I asked him... Is I said, like, what do you do outside of work? Like, who are you outside of being an accountant? If you strip that away, you know, what would, what would you, who would you be? What would you be doing? And it was super interesting the things that he mentioned. He loves sports,
1: he plays Mm -hmm. soccer,
0: and he said that he, and I knew this about him, but he's always in the student section of the colleges that he goes, has been to. Yeah. And he's very much loves cheering for his team. And he's like, when I went to BYU, my favorite color was blue. And when I went to USC, my favorite color was red. And when I went to our high school, my favorite color was green. You know, he's very much like a team passionate kind of person.
1: He has never said that his favorite color is brown, even though he's a Cleveland Browns fan. Uh, That is true. You can draw your own conclusions as to why that is sports fans. (laughs) but
0: he, so he has this sporty element. He's very creative. He actually is a great Mm. designer too. I think he he worked for like a sports advertising firm for a while in college. And he honestly could have done that too. The other question that I asked him was like, where do you shop? Because I wanted to get a sense for the brands that he really likes. And it was so interesting. You know, these were just so typical. He was, you know, I wear basically like Nike indoor soccer shoe. Type styles, Johnson Murphy, Gap, J. Crew, Banana Republic. That's mm-hmm. kind of my core wardrobe. And I was like, okay, what would you wear, you know, if you were going on a date and you wanted to impress somebody? And he was casual tennis shoes, not athletic shoes, not loafers, chinos or khakis, a plaid button down. And I try to match my socks to my shirt.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just
0: felt like that description was so perfect for Jonathan because he cares about the way things are presented. Yeah. He's not flashy, but he dresses very well. He dresses very well. And I liked what he said. He was, I feel like I'm very adaptable. I'm very comfortable in business settings with my clients, and I'm also comfortable cheering in the student section. And yeah. I want something that kind of captures both. And the last thing mm-hmm. that I'm going to mention about Jonathan, sorry for just dragging this out, but I just want to give you the whole picture <laughs> because he's not hes not just like this flat accountant. Yeah. He is a senior accountant. He is a manager. He delegates to other people. He's super professional, but he's also very playful. He loves Disney. He loves Japanese culture because he lived Japan in two years on a mission. He has this really fun sense of humor, sends me memes 10 times a day, like very connected personality. And so I was like, "I I want to bring all of that in. So, the last thing that I wanted to mention is he loves Disneyland. He has a Mickey Mouse sweatshirt and a Mickey Mouse shirt. He has an affinity and he wants to represent the things that he cares about. So, interesting. I took all of that information and I turned it into a brand. And let me just say, without only Rebecca could take you this (laughs) and this and give you You an accountant. (laughs) Yeah, an accountant. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. It was seriously so fun. So, let me tell you my thought process. okay? Okay. So,
1: I'll show you his brand while I explain my thoughts. Okay. And just a, just a quick caveat. If you are a new listener, Rebecca presents these brands to me live. Mm-hmm. So I have not seen them before. Mm-hmm. So if you think my oohs and ahs are inauthentic, they're not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they are very, very real. Okay. So this is my inspiration page. So can you see this? It says John Pace, tax advisor. Yes. Some pictures. Okay.
1: Let me zoom. So the first the first thing this. Rebecca shows me in the branding challenges is is basically like a Pinterest board. Yes. It's like where she has drawn inspiration for yes. the brand and then we'll walk through the next steps. Okay. Yes, exactly.
0: And if you watched me pin to this Pinterest board, you would be like, What the heck is going through your mind? None of this makes sense because I had some Nike shoes that were color blocked that I really liked. I found this meme of Rover riding a bicycle that says, If I don't turn it into a joke, it will destroy me. And then I actually like, really
1: love that.
0: I know. And then there's like it some works, fancy though. glasses. There's some like retro patterns. There's a lot of golf shirts. And anyway, it feels totally random, but every single thing I'm like, okay, I love the colors in that or the layout of that, or there's something about the illustration style of that, that I want to use.
1: And it all just comes together. Okay. I do think, like looking at the the long shot of all these individual images, I see it, and I I could have told you this was Jonathan if you had pulled this out of a hat. I wouldn't have known, right? I know. So in, ad- in addition to the things that Rebecca has described, here's kind of the individual images. Yeah, there's some like preppy clothing, mm-hmm. like some polos, some mm-hmm. like I don't even know what they're called, some sweaters with some detailing around the neck, kind of rugby mm-hmm. style. There's high-end sneakers. Mm-hmm. They're classy but a little bit more casual. And then there's a lot of muted tones, but kind of playful, either textiles or like animal prints. Or mm-hmm. in the case of the Grover meme, it's a meme, but it, ap- it's, a it looks meme. Like <laughs> it's a classy meme. It's a classy.
0: Okay, so this is like my thought behind the Grover thing, and I feel like this is one of my skills: is that I can look at an image. And articulate what it is that is inspiring or works. So, this is why I have my clients do this because they're like, I don't uh-huh. know why I like this, but I like this. And I can say, like, okay, I think you like it because of the layers or the texture or the way that the text is outlined or whatever it is. So, this is why I think that me inspired me so much. A, I think the message is just funny. But B, rather than just using a photograph, it's a well done illustration. Uh huh. But the other thing that's so wonky about it is, Grover's freaking little foot, they've humanized him just a little bit more than the puppet really is. Uh And it feels like a little bit off, but a little bit, dare I say, cheeky. Mm. So I
1: really think it works. I also think it works because it's an image that is very childish with text that is very dark. Yes. Yes. Which is a a juxtaposition that I appreciate.
0: Yes, exactly. Well, and I really liked that one of the things that I thought for Jonathan is there is an element of subtlety that I yes. want. Because like I said, he is so good at what he does and he is playful, but it's not, he's not like an in-your-face person. And no. he's somebody that the more that you get to know him, the more he opens up to you and the more he will show you his personality and you know his likes and dislikes and what he's thinking about. And so I wanted something that kind of felt like you could go into it more and more and more. And I also, I really loved some of these textural details and I really mm-hmm. thought a lot about colors. These are not the final colors that I pulled from the Pinterest board, but I thought yeah. a lot about them because I wanted to do something that felt neutral, that felt like the right kind of approach, especially for a tax person. I didn't want boring. I didn't want boring and I didn't want ultra corporate. Yeah. So let me show you. These are kind of the. Values that I wanted to pull out. I have practical, detail oriented, vanilla, interesting, personable. Okay. Okay. I like that. So now let me show you his actual brand. And you can, I'm, I still have so much more to say about this, but.
1: So I'll tell you what I see. The first, the first image is like the basic logo header Mm -hmm. and it says John Pace and underneath tax consulting. Mm -hmm. So the letters. It's all caps where it says John Pace, but the width of the letters are different. Mm-hmm. So like the O has a little slash through it, which makes it look nerdy to me. Like it looks mm-hmm. like a number. Mm-hmm. And the O and the E are a little bit wider than some of the other letters. So you're, anyways, it moves your eye around in a really interesting way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And then I will tell you, tell you what I think about the colors. So there's a blue, it's a little bit lighter than navy blue. And then like a beige, a gray. Mm-hmm. A warm brown. How mm-hmm. do you describe that? It's yeah. like, like a warm yellow brown, and then an olive green. Yes,
0: a money green, if you will, please. A money green. I like that. <laughs> okay, and then tell us about this.
1: Oh, and he has a cute little logo. <laughs> <laughs> so then the logo is like a little. It looks like a little schoolhouse rock man. Mm-hmm. Like the almost like the lolly lolly lolly. Get your adverbs here, guy. And he's wearing a little a little baseball cap tilted mm-hmm. up, yes. And he has money signs in his eyes, mm-hmm. and around the I can't tell what he's wearing. Is he like a flower? It's just I was thinking more like a badge. I'll tell okay. you. I'll tell you all about him. But yeah, he has a
0: green kind of outline around him.
1: Green kind of outline around around the body of the schoolhouse rock man, and then around the edges of the logo, because it's circular, it says happy business, John Pace tax consulting. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. Happy taxes, happy business, John Pace tax consulting. Yes. Yes. Okay. So this
0: was, sometimes there's certain things that come together for the brand first. And the first thing that actually came to me for this brand was the phrase happy taxes, because I thought... Interesting. What would be a disruption to tax services? What would be kind of ironic and kind of a funny juxtaposition for Jonathan? What could be like a meme? And what I was thinking, the first thing was actually death to taxes or like death and taxes, right? Like that phrase, to certainties. And you could totally do that for a tax brand. Like I think it would be super cool to do a skull with the bleeding eyes, the death taxes or death to taxes or something like that, right? Like, And how appropriate would that be for a tax consultant that I'll help you minimize the number of taxes that you pay? But that's not Jonathan. Right. Jonathan is happy. He's positive. Like I said, he's got that playful energy. And I kept thinking, this is a guy, he, you know, he has that Mickey Mouse sweatshirt. He went to USC. What's the what's the USC mascot?
1: Trojans, fight on.
0: Trojans, that's right. And I thought he needs a mascot. His business absolutely needs a mascot. And so I started thinking, like, okay, happy taxes, right? Two things that just do not belong together. Happy taxes. Nobody likes that. And then I thought, what would be the perfect mascot for this business? And I originally thought the emoji that has the dollar signs with the tongue coming out. (laughs) And so I wanted to take that. But then I thought, what if it was a coin? Like, what if it was a gold coin with arms and legs that was happy taxes? And it honestly is so cute. It's, isn't it so cute? And I knew that he needed like a little baseball cap. I yeah. thought about adding like sneakers or something. Like I want it to be kind of this, it's definitely human-like, but it's not human. Yeah, And I can totally see this being on a t-shirt. If they sponsored a soccer team, that this would be yes. on the back of their t-shirt, right? Yeah. And you juxtapose this with some like super professional imagery of an office and right and working at a computer, right? And that becomes like their thing, like happy taxes, tax consulting for or tax consulting and compliance for tech companies and private equity firms. Right. Yeah. And it just, it gives you this feeling of, oh, that's funny. That's, that's ironic.
1: Right. it's, It's clever, but I also, it's not, it's not death to taxes, which is, okay, what are you saying? Don't pay my taxes. Right. Right. This is, you're going to be so happy when I pay your taxes and I'm happy doing them. Yes. Yes. And what? I'm going to make it as simple as possible, as pain-free
0: as possible. And I also didn't want, I didn't want this mascot to like overwhelm the brand.
1: Yeah. Because I
0: don't want this to feel like a mom and pop shop that does your taxes.
1: Yeah. It's sophisticated. Yes. This is a sophisticated
0: firm that is intentionally doing something that is tongue in cheek. To show mm-hmm. you how well they understand taxes.
1: Right. I was going to say, if you zoom back in on the logo so I can comment on it, mm-hmm. what I love about it is it looks a little bit vintage. Like it does remind yes. me of like the schoolhouse rock, you know, like the mascots of that era where the, the, yes, illustration it's is definitely a bit like unfinished. a retro style. It's retro, but it is classy. And I think the colors help it look classy. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't look to me like, oh, a child is doing your taxes. Right. It looks like oh, a sophisticated and a, adult. Yes. Who, you know, has fun at work, right, is going to do your taxes and you're going to feel good about it. And I also think something about this also captures Jonathan's love of Japan. Mhm. That it's almost yes. like you've made a little anime character. Yes. But it's not so exaggerated that it looks out of place.
0: Yes. I thought a lot about doing um like a kawaii or something that was A direct anime character and I decided just to take some of the elements basically using eyes the same proportions of eyes that they use in Japanese animation right but keeping the rest of it more American style because I didn't want that to be distracting so it's a subtle reference but not in your face
1: yeah I I really
0: like it you could do okay so let me tell you a couple other things yeah This I need a name for this mascot. It has to be a guy. If it was a girl, I would totally name it Goldie, the (laughs) gold coin. So we have to think of a name for this little coin. But I also kind of wanted it to look like something that you would put on a dollar or something that referenced something from physical money. Right. Because I think that's part of the struggle with tax consulting and tax services, that it's very abstract. And so I wanted something that felt more tangible more physical so that's why it has like the little green badge kind of going around it like i want it to look like a seal i want it to look official and then one thing that i am adding in my in these brand challenges because i need to make them more complicated for myself obviously is yeah you need more tasks to do for free <laughs> what i what i'm calling it is two separate things one is image treatment which is basically how do you edit photos uh-huh. And one is visual language. I know that sounds super abstract mm-hmm. but I'll explain. It does. So, in this brand board, which you'll see when you guys look at this on my website, and you look at the image that's behind the little coin mascot, it's a black and white image that's treated with a blue overlay. And that's the image treatment that I would suggest that you would use like on your website if you were built if Jonathan was building this brand, right? Okay. So you don't only have to use that but that's your brand's image treatment that will Uh give you that consistency and that recognition. The other thing is this visual language, which is basically a pattern or a texture that you would use to do the same thing, create that recognition. So for this brand, it would be the tortoise shell, not tortoise shell, actual tortoise, but the brown and Uh black spotted pattern like on glasses. Okay. Okay that would be the pattern. So you could overlay that over an image. You could use that waving over the website in like the footer or the header, but that would be kind of the texture that you're giving things. Mm-hmm. You give that a little bit more depth and a little bit more warmth, but that also represents, it makes you think of kind of fashion. right? Glasses, there's like a physical element to it and also a high-end element to it, which I really want to lean into. So this brand strikes the right balance of professional and sophisticated, but also Interesting and personable and fun. The tortoise shell also makes me
1: think again of a little bit retro. Yes. Yeah. Which works. I really, I really am so impressed by this. I think you absolutely nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I and I could never have come up with this. It's so interesting how it comes to
0: me. Cause I just knew I was like, what do I do for an accountant? I could whip up a basic accounting brand that would be fine. Right but I just think it would blend into the sea of other accountants. If you saw an accounting website that had this visual aesthetic, you would remember it because nobody else has this. Yes. And I one thing that I love to do is take elements or metaphors from other industries and use them. You see this all the time because people will say, I'm a marketing ninja, right? Do different industries, blending them together, but that's overused. But yes, you say a like, lot of
1: people on LinkedIn uh, oh my calling gosh. themselves calling themselves ninjas in a bad way.
0: Well, and let's just ninja is probably a bad example, but let's say that you are in the food service industry and you call yourself a catering ninja. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden that brings a different vibe to your brand that's unique as opposed to just
1: I'm a high class caterer that doesn't stand out from anybody else. If you say you're a catering ninja and you don't actually have swords. <laughs> <laughs> at the catering event i will sue you for false advertising i just think that's i feel like a catering ninja i'm like that's actually a great idea
0: because caterers often wear black they're like you don't see them i feel like that could really work I Feel your like your caterer, work. hit
1: me up i'll make your catering ninja brand for you okay well like rebecca you could brand that but everybody everybody just takes a generic word and then puts ninja after it and is like i'm not like other people i'm a mogul
0: Yes, yes. I'm a it's, ninja. It's like, I'll tell you the top three that I hate ninja, rock star, and unicorn. <laughs> Let's just, if your job description has any of those in it, rewrite it. I'm sorry.
1: Or maybe you don't have a real job. Yeah. That's if you're what a I think. Marketing
0: rock star.
1: <laughs> yeah. The other thing I was going to comment on back to Jonathan's brand, I like that you made him a business card that is branded. Yes. Yeah. That.
0: I normally don't do that for these brand challenges just because it takes so much time, but I just got carried away and had to do it. And it really does. This is the difference. Sorry, I'm all over the place. I usually don't do that for my brand challenges just because it takes me so much time, but I got a little ahead of myself and did it. I feel like this is the difference between a logo and a brand where you can have somebody who makes you just this top section, right? John Pay's tax consulting. And they're like, cool, you're done. Yep. But a really good designer and someone who is a brand strategist can give you this whole thing and say, this is your brand. Here's how you're going to treat your images. Here's the icon that you're going to use. Here's your business card. Here's the color palette. Like here's how everything's going to work together. And I think you really need that. You have a successful brand beyond just like, here's my logo. Like your logo is actually a very small part of it. Not that important if I'm being honest.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and here I think it's important Well, I think both is important. If you just gave Jonathan a logo, it doesn't tell him where to put it or how to use it or what it means. Right. But here where you've incorporated like a very corporate looking business card and this, you know, very playful, cute Mm -hmm. character that I will think of a name for at some point. What you're saying here is this person is an individual. This isn't just, Mm -hmm. you know, some cubicle warrior. Right. Just churning it out for a big four accounting firm with no personality, you know, doesn't ever meet clients, doesn't ever see them. All he does is type, type, type on his keypad all day. Right. This is a person who you want to meet this guy and you want right. to hire him. It looks like
0: fun. Right. You're like, of course I want to hire this person. And this person has clearly invested in their brand. They take their mm. business seriously. They obviously know what they're doing. Right. They're, pr- they're promising that the worst thing in the world, taxes, okay, maybe not the worst thing in the world, but, mm, but like top five, top five worst things in the world that they're going to make it happy. And I would totally, if I was a marketing consultant to Jonathan, I would say, I want you to do all of the things that no tax accountant does because you think that people don't want them. Like, I want you to give people t-shirts that have your logo on them. You know, I want you to, like, I want you to bring sushi to your client's office for work. Do these things that's like, oh, tax accountants don't do that because they're boring and dry and you do
1: that. Right. Well, and I can see if this was Jonathan's company and he was in charge mm-hmm. of it, I can, it fits in very well with his expertise of doing venture capital and tech work. Right. Because it looks like this guy probably has a foosball table in his office. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. This is somebody who understands the culture
1: of new companies. Yes. I'm very proud of it, if you can't tell. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't think you could have come up with this if you didn't know Jonathan as well as you do no. But even the little angle of the cap looks like Jonathan. Oh my gosh, (laughs) I know. Well,
0: and it's just so funny because I had the guy, it was like ready to go. And I knew that I needed some kind of accessory. I thought about a watch because Jonathan always wears a watch, Mm -hmm. which his watch is in California time. He was like, I just wear it because I like it. I don't necessarily always need it for the time. I thought about like soccer cleats, like something that would kind of represent him and nothing was working. I was like, okay, it's good. And then I was like, hat he needs a hat. And it's like, as soon as the <laughs> idea came to me and like, I could just picture it exactly. Just like this little jaunty cap, just tilted up. Just so anyway. And it's like when it comes together and all of the lines, you know, get the same widths and everything going and you're just, mm, this is it. This is yeah. my best work. I want to call the little icon. I want to call him gumdrop. Gumdrop. Cobb suggested max, max the tax.
1: I was like, mm, I don't know. Max the tax. Yeah, that's a little too on the nose. He just is like, he's so cute. Yes. And it just reminds me of a little candy.
0: hmm Yeah. He is like a little gumdrop. Penny. Kind of a girl's name. Yeah. Penny's a little girly. But yeah, that was the inspiration. Anyway, unless so you think that this is over the top, you should see the brands that I create for my real clients. It's like this times a hundred.
1: Yeah. Well, and you probably take a lot more time. My yes. one, My one suggestion as a layperson is- yes. Are we open to feedback? Oh, sure. I do think the way that the the text around the little medallion is arranged, your eye goes immediately to happy business first. You'll mm. we'll yeah. notice that's how I read it. So I think either rotating it so like on the side yes, over in like the the east. Nope, that's the west. To the right. You know what I mean. <laughs> to
0: the east you or know, to the
1: west? This you is a computer. know that There's I no cannot.
0: There's west?
1: This is really mean because Rebecca knows that I can't tell left from right. Oh my God. I do everything by cardinal directions. If we're a compass, never eat soggy waffles on the west side of the medallion when you're looking at it is where happy should start. So tilt
0: it so that tax you you go clockwise. I actually don't know if I love the tagline happy taxes, happy business, because that feels a little bit too mom and pop to me. I probably, would kind of you can kind of just do happy taxes. Yeah, I think I would just do happy taxes. And I like it because it almost sounds like a phrase happy birthday, have a great day, happy taxes. <laughs> but like, who would ever say that? Why would you say like, but it works
1: because of that. If you if you work with Jonathan, you just walk around the whole month of April being like happy taxes. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Now the challenge is having a tax accounting firm that actually feels this way about taxes. That's that's the real challenge yeah. for you. Yeah, no, really I true. love that feedback. I'm always open
1: to feedback. Always open. You can accept or reject. Why would you take? Why would you take any directions from me, a dumb dumb who can't <laughs> from right? I just I had- never know if I'm facing you or if we're looking at the same direction. Stage left or stage right? Can you figure that out? Yeah, that's obvious. I
0: had a coworker who she would say, "Just move it over, just a smidge,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or like just a titch." Okay, and, like, I know what that means. But other people would get so annoyed. Like, what do you mean? She's like, just like, you know, like just a titch, just a smidge. Just like (laughs) it.
1: Yeah. Like sometimes you just need to move it over a titch, you know? Maybe we call this little icon Mr. Dime Piece.
0: Ooh,
1: I love that.
0: I absolutely love that. Also, I forgot to say about his primary text logo. The idea was that this font would be something that would be produced by a 10 key. So your traditional Mm. accountant that's entering things on a ten key, they don't. Is that that calculator that has the
1: little roll of paper with? Yes,
0: yes, exactly. So they don't actually have letters, but the angles are taken from the numbers that come out of the ten key. So that was the influence for that type style.
1: It does almost look like if you turn the logo upside down, it would say a swear word, which is <laughs> right? what most of us did with calculators in elementary school. Absolutely. Yeah. One, one, three, four, baby. Yeah. Not even not knowing that, I feel like that came through. I was, oh, this is a yeah. numbers guy.
0: Yeah, you see it and you're like, it looks like a number, especially the zero mm-hmm. with the with the slash through it.
1: Yeah. I, I like that, that a lot. And even a little bit technical, right? It almost looks like binary, yes. but not so on the nose. Yes, exactly.
0: So you're bringing in the accounting plus the tech companies that he has expertise with, plus the personality with Mr. Dimepiece. I love that Mr Mr. Dimepiece. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> he's so cute. I know. He's so cute. Like, I, I would wear a shirt like that has so that on hurt. there. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Like I'm imagining two tech guys coming in and being like, hey, we have this company and we have no idea what we're doing. We made four bajillion dollars this year will you do our taxes right and he like slides them over the paperwork and it's got a little mr dime piece in the top corner and he's like absolutely (laughs) i would be happy to do that for you yep oh i love it
1: okay has jonathan seen it yet no i get so
0: nervous to send it to him like what if all of these great ideas that i have Put together, don't come through. And he's like, "Why the heck would you put that together? (laughs) It's so ugly. I don't think he would." Well, if he thinks that, he doesn't know himself very well. (laughs) If he thinks that, he is wrong. He is objectively wrong. The real challenge is how do I top this? What can I possibly create that will be better than this? I don't know.
1: Well, that's why I was thinking. What we've done, all of the siblings and all of the in-laws, the last branding challenge before we, you know, open it up to the general public. I think I should be last because you're just getting better and better. Yes. And by the end, I feel like I will know exactly i will know exactly what I want, but also I'll know exactly what to tell you to give you the freedom to come up with something like this.
0: Yes, 100%. We can decide whether we want to brand you Abby Pace or brand not legal advice or all of them separate, combined, whatever.
1: We'll have to see. Maybe by then I will have a completely separate side hustle that is not legal at all.
0: Could be. You could be a thread strategy consultant. There are literally already people who are like coming up with strategies for threads. I'm like, dude, it's been
1: out for a day. Here's my strategy. Don't open it until you've read the terms and conditions. Oop! But unfortunately, Rebecca didn't listen to my advice. I was so excited. I
0: didn't want to wait.
1: Yeah. I don't blame you. It's a hot new thing. It is. I think that's all of our time for this week.
0: Yes. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And we will talk to you Tune next time. Tune in
1: tune in next week for the letter G. TBD. It sounds a little bit like we're Sesame Street, but I promise it will be relevant.
0: (laughs) Okay. Bye everyone.
1: Thanks everyone. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed
0: listening to Aesthetically Speaking. If you want to support the podcast, please leave us a nice review or connect with us on Instagram at Rebecca Peterson Studio.